Hello, folks. This is Kratom Sorority, episode 24, and I'm Charlie. Unfortunately, this week, we do not have an interview. It fell through at the last moment. Instead, I'm going to read you a piece on Kratom regulation that I wrote several weeks ago. If you'd like to be a, a guest and tell your story about quitting Kratom, please contact us at kratomsorority at gmail.com. This article is dedicated to our friend in New York City who sent us in another voicemail, and I'll share it with you right now. It's relevant to the content of what we're talking about. It's all so infuriating, and it's so unfortunate that the Kratom Pro Kratom community invalidates our stories and that there's not more like camaraderie to make Kratom usage no more ethical because that's really what it is right like i think a lot of us even though we struggle with freedom like we don't necessarily want to see it become illegal you know it, it, there are folks for whom it works but i think my biggest thing is i just wish that there had been more information and education out there when i first started taking it i had no idea that it was so addictive um and so I think that's, you know, that's the biggest thing that a lot of us are calling for. Thank you. Here's a 3,000 word article that I wrote in mid-September. You can read it for yourself at kratomsobriety.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. It is entitled Kratom Regulatory Reform, Section 1, Rising Concerns About Kratom Addiction. Recently, an influx of news coverage reignited a national debate about Kratom's potential benefits and risks. Derived from a psychoactive plant native to southeastern Asia, Kratom products range from mild beverages to capsules with ground leaves to potent extracts. Kratom is banned in six states as well as a handful of other cities and counties in the United States. Many Americans purchase Kratom at local stores or on the internet, but there is a growing Kratom bar scene in several major cities and the state of Florida. Footnote, the American Kratom Association claims that it's legal in Vermont now. It seems like it's based on a verbal agreement with state officials there. I haven't seen any evidence the ban has been lifted in Vermont, but and if that's the case, then it's illegal in five states. While some people find Kratom improves the quality of their lives by providing invigoration or pain relief, other Americans struggle with Kratom addiction. Last month, Princeton University's Andrew Haberman warned about the downsides of Kratom, especially for individuals with a history of substance abuse disorder. In an economic commentary, two psychiatrists cautioned that Kratom retailers continue to develop higher potencies and continue to mislead their customers that it is a safe herbal supplement when evidence indicates that Kratom is addictive. Additionally, pending lawsuits against Kratom corporations alleged certain products are innocuously promoted while being perniciously addictive, and in another case, that a company failed to warn customers. Earlier this year, despite a strong desire to stop, I was spending over $90 a day on Kratom extract shops. It was expensive and demoralizing, with many futile attempts at quitting. In late March 2023, I started meeting online with others struggling with the same issue and finally became Kratom-free. As a person in recovery from alcoholism, I found Kratom easily became a transfer addiction. Since then, through weekly podcast interviews, I learned that many others have similar difficult experiences. 
especially dealing with kratom tolerance and withdrawals. Low slowly progress from a kratom dependency to an addiction that allows one to essentially still function while often eventually negatively affecting finances, health, work, and family. Recovering from problematic kratom use can be very isolating and social media forums are currently the primary source of information and support for many individuals. While not as dangerous or severe as abusing other substances, some individuals find it very challenging to quit kratom. Many people frequently relapse on kratom multiple times because they find withdrawal symptoms or mental cravings too challenging to withstand. Kratom use sometimes can lead a person back to alcohol or harsher drugs with significant consequences. Others with no addiction history can also develop a troublesome kratom habit by finding it next to the energy shots at a convenience store or through a promotion as a risk-free wellness product online. Even long-term consumers who initially use kratom powder to self-treat various conditions can eventually face substantial negatives from prolonged kratom consumption, even when buying from reputable, well-reviewed sources. Section 2. Exaggerating or minimizing kratom's risk must be avoided. A recent pilot study found that there are signals that kratom addiction may cause a change in dopamine transporter levels with similar effects to other opiate drugs, such as heroin, morphine, and codeine. The scientific literature describes how kratom use disorder can sometimes require medication-assistant treatment, including opiate blockers such as naltrexone and opiate replacement medications such as suboxone. In an analysis of adverse reports submitted to a federal database, academics found the signs of kratom addiction or withdrawal was more than five times greater than anticipated. The extent of kratom addiction remains an issue of great debate, and there is a clear need for additional research. One panel of experts earlier this year formed differing conclusions and found that kratom's abuse and withdrawal potential are low. Nonetheless, recent headlines about kratom-related death suits are not mere exaggeration driven by drug hysteria or moral panic. Earlier this year, a Florida court attributed the 2021 death of 39-year-old nurse Crystal Talavera to a kratom extract purchased online. According to a preprint study published by the Social Science Research Network, her death was just one of 550 kratom-related fatal incidents in the state from 2020 to 2021. Among these deaths, 353 were determined to be caused by kratom. 21 were classified, classified as kratom only, and most involved polysubstance abuse intoxication, particularly with fentanyl. During the same two years, the contextualized these kratom-related deaths were a small portion of Florida's 15,000 fatal drug poisonings. Sadly, though, for those 550 Floridians who died with kratom in their systems and for their surviving family members, it is clear that kratom was an ineffective harm reducer and not a successful addiction solution for them as victims of the rising polysubstance abuse overdose death crisis. We need a policy solution that better prevents kratom-related deaths even if there are pre-existing health conditions, dangerous substance interactions, and adulterated kratom or overconsumption. Scientists also identified potential non-fatal unhealthy cardiovascular, GI, neurological, and psychiatric effects associated with kratom use. While kratom appears safer than a substance like alcohol, kratom's risk profile warrants a standalone public health policy response. Kratom and its largely unregulated marketplace create other negative consequences for individuals and communities across America, such as in Idaho, where prosecutions for theft crimes related to supporting kratom addiction are becoming more common, or in the recent local news segment, 
my gas station, my drug dealer, describing the toll of Kratom addiction in Mississippi. Kratom advocates often blame the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, and the pharmaceutical industry for this Wild West regulatory situation. However, Corehouse News documented how the ugly political underbelly of Kratom lobbying creates a toxic and bombastic environment for any regulator attempting to shield customers from industry excesses. The large companies dominating the estimated 1.3 billion Kratom sector appear to profit handsomely from the current lack of robust regulation. When, quote, commercial actors use a range of coordinated and sophisticated strategies to protect business interests, unquote, is often can be at the expense of public health. Section 3. Regulating Kratom will improve public health outcomes. The widespread mass marketing of Kratom as a health or food product obscures the substance's potential side effects. At times, Kratom packaging or advertising do not make it readily evident that Kratom is an ingredient, a problem with first-time purchases. These practices mask the dose-dependent, stimulating, and sedating reactions people may experience from Kratom use. Many customers are often unaware of potential interaction dangers when mixing Kratom with specific prescriptions, drugs, and alcohol. While the FDA made mistakes with its past oversight plans, we need a new regulatory framework to avoid over-reliance on industry self-regulation. The American Kratom Association State-Based Kratom Consumer Protection Act doesn't sufficiently prioritize public health. The Global Commission on Drug Policy issued a report, Regulation, the Responsible Control of Drugs, with a graphic illustrating the problems with unregulated markets. In this graphic, both prohibition, lax regulation, and unrestricted access all are problematic. There is a growing call for new regulations such as universal third-party testing of all creative products, dose instructions and risk warnings, limiting potency of extracts, a standardized labeling system, minimum age 21 sales. Questions remain. Internet purchases are age limits enforceable, and can a safe supply be guaranteed through online sales? Should crating be sold at gas stations and similar locations? Would a state-based licensing and inspection system dispense kratom improve safety? Could a modest tax and kratom fund meaningful regulation compliance oversight? The greatest obstacle is such regulation require an act of Congress or passage in state legislatures across the country. We must do more to safeguard against uninformed customers, misleading marketing, and irresponsible vendors. I believe banning Kratom is not the right policy choice. The prohibition will likely cause the Kratom supply to become dangerously compromised. Moreover, there will be too great of a human toll and wasted resources due to any enforcement of a Kratom ban by police and courts. I am also in favor, alongside robust regulation, of Kratom decriminalization in the 50 states, and expunging the records of all people who create in possession charges or sentences. The 18th Amendment last century did not cure alcoholism in America. However, this comes with repercussions, as Nora Volkbaugh, director of the National Institute of Drug Abuse, told the Boston Globe in 2018. The greatest mortality from drugs comes from legal drugs. The moment you make a drug legal, you're going to increase the number of people who get exposed to it. Therefore, you increase the negative consequences of its use. When you legalize, you create an industry whose purpose is to make money selling those drugs. And how do you sell it? Mostly by enticing people to take them and take high quantities, unquote. The booming kratom sector is making kratom as widely accessible as alcohol, but without the corresponding regulations and guardrails, 
and without the same near universal cultural acceptance that the substance can be detrimental for some people. Just like you don't need a beer to enjoy the big game, you also don't need Kratom for exercising or everyday functioning, despite all the hype from any industry. In particular, marketing Kratom to target people cover free from drugs or alcohol is questionable at best, predatory at worst. Yes, Kratom can be helpful during difficult withdrawals from the other substances. Kratom may initially be a safer alternative than using illegal straight drugs and alcohol. However, Kratom consumption can lead to an outright difficult-to-stop addiction to Kratom, and some find it a slippery slope that can result in returning to using more harmful substances again. Next section, normalizing Kratom absence as the best harm reduction choice for many. In 2019, the federal government initially proposed and retreated later from scheduling Kratom as a controlled substance. Given this tenuous legal status, any unfavorable portrayal of Kratom in the news, social media, or by public figures is awfully wrongly dismissed as exaggeration or misrepresentation. However, these negative headlines and legal lawsuits are coal mine canaries. Among the pro-Kratom community, Kratom can directly produce benefits, but all detrimental results are due to user error. A long list of deflections are typically employed to exonerate Kratom. Accordingly, a massive culture change is also needed, something that cannot be legislated into reality. While partly an understandable attempt to normalize Kratom consumption, this extensive push to market Kratom as non-addictive creates significant stigma and barriers for people recovering from Kratom abuse. Promoting Kratom as an innocuous healing herb with no side effects or health dangers is counterproductive. It certainly is not educating the public in a way that reduces adverse Kratom incidences. This tactic of Kratom valorization by calling it a miracle plant or a lifesaver is just as problematic as demonizing the substance. The pervasive effort to downplay Kratom's health risks creates a real challenge to recovery, as many problematic Kratom users often internalize all these minimalizations and rationalizations. This is in stark contrast with alcoholism. There is no debate that some people should not consume booze for their own good. One can openly talk about the negatives of drinking and celebrate how life has improved through sobriety. The same should be valid for Kratom. Abstaining from the substance is the best choice for many Americans. The dynamic parallels the discourse of cannabis use and legalization. Deeply and thoughtfully discussed in the Recovery Review blog's post, portraying abstinence recovery as puritanical is the interest of those who sell addictive drugs. Kratom advocates, at times, co-op, principles of harm reduction and safe supply to oversell the substances, benefits to society, and to prevent prohibition at any cost. While adopting rhetoric related to plant medicine and anti-war and drugs advocacy, pro-Kratom community will often simultaneously assert that Kratom is not a drug. The crux of this tension between the pro-Kratom community and those of us with histories of Kratom addiction is brilliantly explained in this Addict Collective's The Word Addict why not PWD or people who use drugs? Quote, I think it's no accident so many decriminalists and not unlike prohibitionists want to view the drug crisis as monolithic, claiming equal harms across race, class, and yes, addict lines. I think this reflects that one, the addict community has interests different than theirs, and two, bringing attention to us, those with problematic Kratom use or other drug problems threatens their access to the stuff that they can use responsibly, but we can't, unquote. 
crucial part of recovering from any addiction is self-responsibility and personal accountability. Many Americans consume Kratom safely and in moderation with apparently no ill effects as a natural remedy or uplifting drink. This is not a call to impose temperance on the rest of the country. However, we live in a society where cultural influences and commercial practices impact individuals. We have the right to expect the government to create, monitor, and enforce regulations for the creative marketplace. The public should not have to rely on retailers' goodwill or a pay-to-play gold certification system operated by the Kratom lobby to keep everyday Americans safe and to follow basic tenets of customer protection principles. While it's reasonable to be skeptical of big government, corporations are driven largely by maximizing profits and not the public good. Hopefully, such a new regulatory system for Kratom would also spark a shift in which Kratom consumption's potential risks and drawbacks are more widely discussed and appreciated and no longer ubiquitously denied and minimized to both prevent Kratom prohibition and to maximize Kratom sales. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep it Kratom free.